This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Howdy, everybody. My name is Brooks Like, and welcome to another fine episode of How Men Think. And I'm super pumped up today because sitting to my right and smiling Uh is my dude, Mr. Gavin DeGraw. Good to see you. Yeah. Good to be back, fellas. Good to be back. Best day of my life to see you here again, buddy. And mine. And mine. Can I just say that we missed you? You're out on this fancy singing and dancing tour that you're on. I miss you guys, man. Um, And you guys at home listening can't see it, but I'm wearing my Gavin DeGraw shirt. The fresh. You are. (laughs) You are. True story, I am. It's true. And in that picture on, on the shirt you're wearing, I'm looking at my toes. And. And the shirt I'm wearing, yeah, this plan uh, backfired. I on referenced me. one of our old shows. And it says Brooks. Brooks likes to suck toes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true story. This is what happened today. I haven't seen you in I don't know. Maybe it's been six weeks, two Gotta months be, yeah. since you've been out on tour. Probably. And you sent us your fresh merch from your tour. I did, which we all wore. We all rocked it. I saw yes. it. Y'all are great in it. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for rocking it. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to support my brother today. He's Thanks, coming man. back in the studio. I'm going to support him. I'm going to wear this shirt. And I'm gonna, then I'm going to post it on my Instagram, and I'm going to say, it's wear the shirt of your hero to work day. <laughs> oh, boy. Except you oh, come boy. walking in, you walk in, and you've got a shirt you that need... says, Brooks likes to suck toes. <laughs> <laughs> Total backfire for me. Yeah, well, you need to find better heroes. <laughs> <laughs> But how you doing, buddy? How was the tour? Give us that. Give us how great, the tour man. was. Everything was amazing, man. Had a great time. Uh, you know, band and crew all got along great. Everybody did their job. Fans showed up. They had a great time. You know, and it was uh, something I was a little worried about. Every time you go on the road, you're always a little bit fearful of, are people going to remember that I I exist in the world? Are your fans going to remember you? And, uh, and my fans all showed up, and it was an amazing time. Saw the country, and... Had a ball. Do you it have was amazing? Do you have one um, best memory from the trip, from the tour? One like what city was just on fire or song? That- <sighs> Man, I I don't I don't have one single uh, best memory. I mean, my dad came out. Uh, you know, he 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 likes to take a bunk in the bus. Yeah. So yeah, we lived together on the bus. Me and my 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 pops and my best my best buddy my best buddy I grew up with came out to the show uh, two nights ago in Syracuse. Um, you know, from my hometown, so we had a great time too. So there were a lot of good, good moments on the road. You know yeah. what I mean? Most of it's for me. I'm like, I'm like, uh, still kind of a hometown, mentally sort of kind of guy. You know what I mean? I'm a hometown family guy, so I like having my Your my pops around, you. like yeah. having my friends around, yeah. stuff like that. So, Could, what does it feel like? being done tour are you relieved or are you like depressed like oh god now i don't know what to do <laughs> being off tour being, yeah because you're done now i mean delicately put it sucks coming off tour i yeah. love being on tour are all you know touring I mean? artists love it they love it i love it i love it I, I think it's because there's certain things that are just uh expected and some things that are unexpected that you're okay with you know what i mean you expect to be in a different town every day you don't expect um you know, for certain things to happen while you're on the road, but you're kind of happy that they do because it just keeps things interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, must be fun to have I, thousands I it, of like thousands of beautiful women screaming at you too. Well, so I saw the videos. That's they're very all funny. lined up in the front row with their Gavin shirts on. Their their Brooks likes to suck toes shirts are the next. Uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the next distribution plan happening out there on the road. Oh, uh, buddy. Well, welcome it's back. Been amazing. We're we're happy to have you back, and we got Thanks, the rest bro. of the crew in here. We got all Ooh, the boys. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yes, we, baby. We got the dream team reunited. We got Dimitri. We got Rick, and we got Ryan. 
who thankfully is still with us, buddy. You had a bit of a tough go. You want to enlighten our, our listeners to what happened? I had an emergency appendectomy. Mm. My, I woke up in the middle of the night, the worst pain I've ever experienced, drove myself to the ER, and I was in the ER for 14 hours before br- br- being brought up to the operating floor. Boy. I am convinced... I was in the ER for 14 hours because of our episode. This Somehow was, it got this out. This wasn't the same doctor, the was physician, it? <laughs> the physician community is aware of me. There is <laughs> a blacklist, the blacklist, bro. And they, I told you. They put the smallest IV. They couldn't find a vein, conveniently, to put in the IV. Wow. I have the biggest veins you've ever seen. Just gouging, gouging, <laughs> gouging. Then it's like, oh, you need some morphine. Let me put it all in at once. I almost passed out. Literally, oh, four no. doctors came running in. They thought they oh, killed me. Dimitri. And I'm by myself in there dying a slow death. Finally get the surgery, and I was in there for three days. Can I ask you a question? Is no. there anything? Okay, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Next question. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so is there a, a non-emergency version of an appendectomy? Uh, no, there's not. Okay. So what happens? what happens? It sounds much more dramatic yeah, it's, it's when I use the word so emergency. So there's, no, there's no like voluntary like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take out my Yeah, I'm not feeling appendix. like I want to have this anymore. So yeah. question well, for you. Adam, how does, I don't even eat that many nuts. So your appendix <laughs> burst? It was uh, a microscopic perforation uh, for uh. us in the medical community. That's the term we use. Oh, yes, <laughs> but to the layman yes, like yourselves, <laughs> yes, it was close to bursting. <laughs> how okay. does that happen? That had to have been anxiety and stress induced. Uh, it had to be. It's a good question. If I'm being, <laughs> Amy would tell you, yes, it is. Like it's anxiety induced. The doctor. I was going to say, in all his pain and misery, he managed to text me incessantly because oh. <laughs> his wife was with the baby and the baby mm. on the way, so she couldn't really be bothered. So he's like, "If I die, tell the guys I love them." She and make she Brooks <laughs> pay for my funeral. She probably couldn't be bothered because she knows that her husband is high maintenance and was just like really drawing everything out. All I wanted were gifts from all of you. Are you I- sure it just wasn't a beasting? <laughs> <laughs> One will never know. Hey, I don't know the. I don't know a lot of medical stuff. I don't know how big an appendix really is, but I would have thought because you had. I would have thought you would have looked a little thinner after having it removed. <laughs> no, that's horrible. <laughs> Jesus, oh, it's good to be back. This- <laughs> did they give you your appendix? They did not, but they. So it's a laparoscopic surgery. There's two incisions on both sides of my abdomen, and then they pull the appendix out through the third incision, which is your belly button. So they pull the appendix out from your belly button. Hmm. And you don't so have it mounted on a, a little glass case at home. I do not. Can well, is there any lint in there They never gave me that option. No actually. lint in there any longer? <laughs> While the incision no, was it's open? deeper did, now. Did, yeah, did, a lot did of you lint. have them put in any I like, need abs, a sock. Like fake abs? No, they're already there. <laughs> well, okay, okay. The fake abs are already there? Oh, the fake abs are already in. <laughs> well, Dimitri, I think we might need to do another episode on, yeah. on this whole thing, because that, that was one of my favorite episodes we did about with, with your story about visiting the doctor. And, and everyone on social media, on Instagram, has defended me. Well, here's I the thing. Let, let the record state, everyone is behind me. A hundred percent. I miss this. Oh, oh it's, this can is we, all can time. I, can I get the, uh, the Cliff's Notes this version? Is download it tonight. Okay. We need the download. I'll give it to you, I'll give it to you real quick, because... So he he had a little rough go in with a doctor. He had, he had like a little sniffle in his nose or a little <laughs> right. cold. And, and he was like ringing the alarm. This is an emergency. Right. Doctor didn't call him back. He calls again. It gets worse. Some, whatever. Right. Anyway, the doctor doesn't call him back. The gist of it is the doctor doesn't call him back on his schedule. So he fakes his own death. 
And he writes, he changes his emails. Says, uh, Ryan has died. Please send flowers. You know. And so then this the doctor, this, awareness fund. this doctor panics and like goes into like a like a trauma herself. Cancels all her appointments for two days. She can't believe she let a patient die. And it's all because of him. He wanted flowers. <laughs> It was so, just then they, so then they banned flowers. Him. He got an email from so the they director me from of the, the thing. entire health system, and I was. How told long ago was that? This was not that long. Ago. <laughs> How long? How long? Uh, this was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, wow. full, he's fully grown when he did this. Uh, an yeah. adult. Yeah, an adult. Correct. This Let that be amazing. a lesson to Mary, by the way, and the entire health system that I could have died. <laughs> Totally. And here I am today to tell the story. Yes. No one has credit to for me us. for for being so brave to be here today to tell that story. <laughs> I can't take him wow. seriously. Me Meanwhile, that got around the hospital when you went in for your surgery, and they ended up giving you like a first year medical student to do your to do your actual so I, your I operation. The <laughs> physicians the phys physicians don't particularly like me and this happened again on the appendectomy and i'll tell you the quick story which is oh, in the er in the er i'm in there for 10 hours and i'm like and my wife got there and she was like look he's been in here 10 hours are you not you've determined he needs a surgery when are we getting him into surgery are you worried that it's going to completely burst and the nurse said well he already died so <laughs> the nurse said we have a letter the nurse said well actually you know other patients that i've uh, had that have had their appendix burst say that it, it actually relieves so much of the pressure and it feels better once it bursts. So it would be the worst thing in the world if it bursts. I'm sitting there on morphine like, <laughs> is this guy serious right now? So I, I had a follow-up earlier this week with the surgeon. I said, look, this is not a reflection on you and the surgery you performed. I think you're you're class act. I love you. But let's let's revisit the ER because the guy told me this and I I don't have my medical degree but there's something called sepsis which you are trying to avoid and he mm. acknowledged that I while not having my medical degree am smarter than and the nurse. guy was dyslexic <laughs> and you just... got somebody brought you a pepsi <laughs> we're happy you made Yay. it through that that life threatening I mean, wrap this guy you in. you yeah. were shark diving i believe i was hope, hopeful that when i got here you at least lost a finger or maybe an arm <laughs> no I, and i have my appendix didn't lose that either uh, <laughs> we need to wrap ryan I, in bubble wrap I, this yeah. guy is just like a walking disaster i did go shark diving though dude it was rad we went to guadalupe island with andy casagrande who is like the shark diving guru mm -hmm. uh, and GoPro? Some of the GoPro Andy Big families. House. Yeah, he's just he's a stud man. This guy free dives with great white sharks. So we well, spent three days in the water. Well, we were in cages, but he got out. What happened bit. to him that made him so suicidal? He just he just loves sharks, man. He just like he, 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 he actually, yeah he free with dives them. with them, just hanging out. He, yeah, he and he's behind like almost all the content of Shark Week. So anybody that's seen Shark Week, him and his wife, Emma, are behind most of it. Um, he's been working with sharks for, I think, 22 years, Great Whites. He dives all over the world with them, does a lot of awareness and protection and conservation for them, and we're able to dive with him uh, with Great that's White awesome. Sharks. Was rad. Will he dive with bull sharks? Yeah. He'll do, he'll, you he, name it. He looks at them like they're friends. Like, do a quick question: Does he chum the water when he's before he jumps in? And oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's attracting him, and then he's You're going lying in there. To me. I'm not lying to you. That's I'm not lying to you. It was gnarly. How many it great whites so did you see? I think we saw because so they all have like a not all of them, but there were 14 different ones that were tagged or marked. He yeah. has a sonar thing that goes down, and different ones that swim within a kilometer, ping a different 
thing and whatever. Anyway, um, so I think we saw somewhere between 12 to 14 separate ones, but we saw sharks every minute for three days. Does he have really bad teeth, and is that why the sharks don't mess with them? He has like, perfect they're teeth. They're all crooked and scary-looking <laughs> no. and sharp. It's such like, a mis- oh, one of us. Let's it's such a misunderstanding of what great whites are. Like so, how, what does he think? Does he say what attracts the sharks to devour you? Does he have an opinion on that? Uh, mistaken identity, probably. Like they, they actually, or curiosity, they might think you're a seal and mistake your identity. So, for what a is seal or, what does he attribute his survival in that environment to? Probably, honest. Uh, great question. Uh, you'd have to ask him. I would bet that he's there. He just emits an energy of here. I'm here as a friend, a peaceful friend, not an enemy, and also some smarts. Know know what to look out for. Know when a shark, knowing their behavior, when a shark is looking for a meal or when a shark is relaxed. You know, I know when you walk in, if you're looking for a meal or if you're looking relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) He's always looking for a meal. I'm looking for a meal. (laughs) Uh, But it was awesome. It was awesome. And Rick, you just got off a gnarly adventure too. You were in Alaska, right? Not as good as these stories though, but yeah, I was just in Alaska for 10 days and we were going uh, fishing and a little bit of hunting, Not, not too much hunting, but we were fishing for salmon and halibut. And we were in the middle of nowhere in a kind of a uh, in a cabin with ten other people, and it was awesome, awesome. No internet, mm. no cell phones, no nothing. Just Great. a lot of downtime, mm. a lot of hanging out, a lot of kind of self reflection. Mm. Uh, we were burning. He is not stuff. lying about that cell phone thing because I really wanted to text you, and I just kept seeing if you were online. Are you online? Are you online? Never. Ten days, not one That's time. So funny, he, was, he, he, he texted me every day. Yeah. Me every day what? Too. I got a like, FaceTime from him. Good? <laughs> oh I got a FaceTime from him. By the way, here's a picture of a grizzly. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm saying hi. What was the biggest salmon you caught? It was about 12 pounds. Decent. 12 pounds silver salmon, oh. yeah. And our halibut was about 35. I mean, they're not huge because yeah. uh, June is the big halibut season up there yeah. in Alaska. And we were in August. And so um, we're kind of going after the meat. But... Uh, Bald eagles. We were, you know, we were out in the middle of nowhere, pretty much, and uh, we're burning stuff and shooting guns. So, and can just we talk about like how fun. did you survive not having your cell phone for ten days? It's awesome. <laughs> you just, you just do, in all honesty, it takes about forty-eight hours to sort of like get it out of your pocket, get it out of your like, finally put it in your room and tur- have it off, and just kind of mm. you're walking around wondering like, where's my phone? And then you're like, oh wait, I, what am I going to do with that? So. It takes a couple of days, Amy, actually, to get rid of it. But uh, once you're, I mean, there's so much work we're doing. We're we're gassing the boats, we're cleaning things, we're moving stuff around and but chopping wood. Isn't there a moment where you're out there in the wilderness and you're thinking, man, if something happens, I hope I can look it up on the internet of what I need to do to save myself. And there's no reception out here. No, so we do have radios, so Coast Guard radios in our house and on the boat, so it's channel right. 16, so if we do, you know, if there is an emergency or say someone does get attacked by a bear or there's something that's really tragic going on, we can we can call Mayday. Can you call Coast the Coast Guard. Guard and be like, hey guys, how do you build a fire without matches? I'm stuck right now, but it's not enough for you to send <laughs> or, the chopper or, yet. Or, or I, <laughs> is there like the a chopper, middle ground version of that? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. called, what you would know? Gavin do? <laughs> yeah. That's what you go through that process. What would Gavin hey guys, do? Guys, I forgot my stuff and... We we ran out of soy sauce for our salmon sashimi. What do we do? Can you imagine if on that radio Rick gets a call that's like, I ain't some girl named Amy really needs to talk to you. Amy, do you need to clear something up here? We had one guy that was up there, and mind you, he was from another part of the world, and we take, you know, it's fun buddies that we know, and and there was a little bit of a problem. There was a really high tide where we are. It's all tidal based. And so there was a really high tide. 
And one of the cars, we hadn't parked it. We, we launched the boat, so we hadn't parked the car high enough. So by the time we got home, it was a really windy day, and, and all the, the waves were up, and the car was pretty much halfway underwater. Whoa. <laughs> so the one guy that whoever was in that boat at the time sent back to the cabin, which is probably like, it's not very far from the, from the water, you know, 500 yards. He's sprinting, and he's not in Brooks-like shape. You know, let's just put it that way. He's in Gavin shape. <laughs> yeah. he's not in my shape, bro. So he gets, <laughs> not many gets people are in Brooks-like shape. He gets <laughs> to, the, to the house, and there's two guys there, and he's like, <sighs> <sighs> he was like Lassie. He could, like, what, what boy? Yeah, he's trouble yeah. at the old mill. They're like, underwater. They're sitting here underwater. <laughs> And so it Man. just, it, yeah, it was time. Fired it was, that valet. It was classic, yeah. We were, we couldn't get out. I'm, I'm lightheaded right yeah, now. Who but. valet parked that car up there? Yeah. He's never working at the IV it's, again. It's classic. Dimitri, what's up with you, dude? Uh, We've been grinding away. You and I have been the two here working, holding this show down. And right? Amy and Easton. Yeah. You know, so I feel like you deserve some of these guys' I checks. didn't have time to go on tour. I would have. I didn't tour, have time to go shark vacation, I didn't have time surgery. to go to Alaska. Yeah, I certainly didn't have time to get my appendix out. Uh, actually, I thought Ryan and I had uh, blocked away some nice time together, and then he pulled that stunt, and so I was alone. So really, I've just so been sitting here that. in the studio waiting for you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole time. I've had nothing to do. Chewing on well, spam. Buddy, <laughs> empty got- bottles of scotch in the corner. <laughs> Guess what? We have a treat coming up. Because we are all going to Vegas yes. in two yeah, weeks. Yep. So we'll get you out. Yeah, we'll get boy. we'll put we'll put you front and center and also you, Gavin, front and center. But Dimitri deserves <laughs> a vacation. Make up time. But we are going to Vegas. You guys for have opium? the iHeartRadio. What is <laughs> no, it? The other stuff. The iHeartRadio iHeart Music Festival tickets available now. Boom. So we're gonna go to Vegas. We're gonna enjoy ourselves. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna record a couple podcasts from Vegas. And also I propose this idea. Listen up. Go ahead. I think you'll like this one. I propose that we set up. Amy, Amy delightfully got us all sweets at the Bellagio, right, Amy? <laughs> well, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what. I, boy, yeah, Amy, that's awesome, eh? So we got sweets at the Thank Bellagio. You. I we'll sure did not. I did not. I think we're all in one regular standard room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's six not of us in two queens. Um, anyway, but I propose that we do a podcast from the pool at the Bellagio. Ooh, I like that. And. Can I get an umbrella? The and we just get to, to we just get to speed date girls to set up you for a date. Terrible idea. Ooh, no, it's why? That's a great idea. Just really? anybody walking by will be like, "Hey, do you want to sit down for thirty seconds? A little speed date, <laughs> so and then bad. I'll be I'll inter- like we'll all get like three or four that we get to speed date, and then we'll select our favorite, and then we'll we'll see if sounds you, like a good way to ruin lunch. I don't. Yeah, this <laughs> this is still working itself out, but some way you're doing some massive speed date when we're in Vegas, buddy. <laughs> This is after like, this is happen. This is cocktail hour. You just sit there and look pretty. We'll take care of this. <laughs> cool. Can I borrow your makeup kit? <laughs> More guy liner. More yeah, guy liner. Guy liner. Okay, so more of that two weeks we're in Vegas, which is gonna be awesome. Uh we'll get into more stuff in this show. We're gonna talk about love after loss. Very sensitive topic. We're gonna get into it after the break. <laughs> Back from break, we are we have a special guest in house. We want to talk talk about a, uh, I think in culture in society a very sensitive topic. We want to talk about divorce and loss. We're going to talk about loss as well, and we're going to talk about life after loss and happiness after loss. So we have a very special guest. Let's welcome to the show Mitch Messinger. Thank you. And Dimitri, you yeah. were telling me earlier you have a connection. <laughs> you went to school with I Mitch's. do. So Mitch uh, 
how, how long ago did you get married? Uh, about five months ago. Five months ago, he got married. And newly married, married man. Congrats, congrats. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, congratulations brother. Thank you. And his, his wife and I went to college together. <laughs> at and Emerson I, College yeah, in At Boston. Emerson College in Boston, yeah. And, oh, wow. And I remember seeing um, on her Facebook post, she said, you know, she announced that she met the most amazing guy and she was so excited. And I, and I remember I sent her a message and I said, it's fantastic. Like, I'm so excited for you. And it's just, it's so funny that now, now you're here because we never met before. No. Nope. But your story, I read New York Times did an amazing um, article on, on your story, your story and Deb's story and how, you know, things that had happened beforehand um, and, and how you guys met. And it's truly it's truly an amazing tale of finding love again after, you know, having lost and also, and Deb had been through a, a divorce. That's correct. So, yeah. so we'd love to hear, I'm sure people listening out back home or in your vehicle, <coughs> there's many of our community. We've got so many questions and emails from people listening about this question about mm. life after loss and life after divorce. And is there happiness? Is there a tale of happiness for them in their life? So Mitch, we'll just open it up to you. We'd love to hear your story. We've heard it, but for the people listening at home that sure. haven't, please bring us, uh, bring us the goods, my friend. Cause it's short version or the no, long version. Give us the long version. <laughs> or somewhere it's, in it's, between. Yeah. Somewhere in between. Whatever you want to give my us. My mantra it's, is always, uh, less is more. So I will kind of partake in that <laughs> i think your story is incredibly powerful so whatever elements of it you want to share sure. please do because we have many people in our community that i'm sure this is going to sure. help immensely. well uh to make a very very long story short i moved to los angeles about 26 years ago fresh out of college from syracuse university in upstate new york uh i met the love of my life soon thereafter she too had moved here from the east coast to start law school uh we dated for about two and a half years uh, after uh, a uh, pretty good courtship of uh, young kids in love uh, yeah. here in Los Angeles since we were both East Coast kids and got married soon thereafter. Uh, we had our uh, child Jillian about five years later and then uh, about mm, a year and a half after the birth of our daughter Jillian, uh, our world uh, kind of collapsed and got the word that my wife Michelle uh, was diagnosed with uh, stage one breast cancer. Um, we originally thought that we would, you know, nip it in the bud, as they say. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to do everything we could to make sure that it didn't come back. But unfortunately, about two years later, it returned. And for the next six, six and a half years, she basically uh, had, um, you know, kind of fought the battle uh, pretty successfully with medication, constant doctor visits. Uh, but then the last year of her life, uh, things got really awry, as we say, and unfortunately, it spread all over uh, her body. Uh, and we did everything again, what we could to keep it at bay or turn the tide that you know she would still live for a long time, as mm -hmm. her doctor kept telling us. Um, but she, the ever pessimist, me, the ever optimist, uh, felt differently. Uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, things got worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately, she did pass away uh, five years ago this past May. Uh, our daughter Jillian was 10 at the time. And, you know, it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> wasn't for the faint of heart, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's not something that they tell you, uh, you know, in a manual that someday, you know, your spouse, let alone your young spouse, would die of a disease like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were pretty healthy, uh, you know, again, young and had a whole life ahead of us. Unfortunately, uh, that was not the case. And uh, that's where the story, you know, I guess 
began and ended with Michelle. Um, it obviously, it never ends with her. I still think of her all the time, and my yep. new wife, Deb, knows that. Uh, and obviously, she is always and will always be Jillian's mother. So that is, you know, that doesn't change. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, then a new chapter began soon after her passing uh, from the first year of mourning, trying to get a sense of it all, try to figure out, you know, what I needed to do now as a single father, not by choice, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, and just living life like, you know, everything was normal when it really wasn't. Um, but luckily, we had a great uh support group of family. Uh, most family were f- not in LA. They were uh, back East, but they, you know, showered them or showered us with their love to all of us to make sure that we were supported. Mm. Uh, my parents actually sped up their retirement, so to speak, and, and ended up rather than doing the back and forth thing between the East coast and, and California, that they would move to California permanently wow. just to be closer to us. Yep. Um, but also our friends who are like family. We had so many friends that were really supportive of us, those you know dark weeks and months after uh, Michelle's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about a year after she passed, I said to myself, hmm, all right, I'm at a crossroads now. Do I continue this single father uh, life or do I see if that may be that there's love again and kind of brush myself off in my head and physically is in my body as well and uh, decided that I would, you know, start seeing what might be out there. Now, I wasn't, I'm not a millennial. I'm not a uh, young kid anymore, unfortunately, even though I like to think I am. Just on the cusp of it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Especially as I'm turning a big milestone next year. Hard to believe. Um, 30? Uh, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I had 20. <laughs> How dare you, Dimitri? Uh, yeah. Thanks, Dimitri. <laughs> Um, you try, and, you know, yes. you try. And so, you know, I said to myself, you know, Michelle's never coming home. I know where she is. Uh, I always joke that in 100 years I'll be in the same place. Uh, but here I am and I'm going to need to find if I'm going to find love again, I need to, you know, take the boot by the straps, I guess. Is that the right phrase? Uh, and kind of find love again. And so uh, I wasn't going to do all of the, you know, again, millennial thing of, you know, either going to bars or going on J dates and mm. uh, those type of things. I'm going to talk to my friends and say, hey, do you know of anybody that might be in your world that could be a good fit for me that might be divorced, might be widowed? I, I don't really care. Yeah. Just someone or maybe who was never married before. Yeah. Just, you know. If you know me, and these were friends, obviously, that I'd known a long time, not yeah. just mm. new mutual friends, <laughs> yeah. but people who knew me a long time, knew Michelle as well, and Jillian, you know, if you think there's a good fit, then let's do it. So mm. sure enough, you know, as <laughs> Michelle's probably laughing at me as I tell you the story right now that, you know, all the Yentas at my daughter's elementary school at the time probably were like... <gasps> He's ready, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to set you know set him up. And so mm. they went through their you know virtual as well as you know old fashioned Rolodexes. Yeah, uh, you know I'm sure most of us know what <laughs> Rolodexes are, but binders maybe. full of women. Exactly, <laughs> not quite, that's, but you know that's, that's more your speech. That's you, that's you Gavin. <laughs> Speak for yourself. And so basically I, uh, you know, started getting calls and texts of, you know, emails uh, saying that I have somebody, you know, in mind for you. Here's her number. Why don't you give her a call? So I I did that for a little while. Um, In the meantime, uh, as some of you in this room know that I'm a a publicist at ABC and I was at a talk show uh, uh, with one of my actors who was uh, promoting one of her new shows and one of the guests that was on the talk show besides the actress was a woman talking about uh, relationships and relationships 
after death. And I thought, mm. hmm, this is wow. interesting. So, of course, everyone said, talk to Mitch, talk to Mitch. So uh, mm. not on the show, but privately we spoke. And yeah. she said, you know, don't let anybody let you uh, let don't let anybody tell you when you're ready to start dating again. And that also hit me like a ton of bricks saying, you know what? I'm going to take it actually on the reverse side. Yes, no one can tell me when I can start dating. But at the same token, why not start now? Like, again, I know where Michelle is. I know we actually had conversations towards her uh, before her passing to say, you know, I want you to find love again. Wow. Uh, and so that obviously is something that also you know stuck with me this whole time. And sure enough, I started dating. Um, mm. And all the women that I dated actually weren't bad. There was not maybe a connection I had with Deb uh, when that uh, relationship started. But everybody at least was very, you know, normal, I guess, mm -hmm. especially yeah. in this town. <laughs> I guess, heard horror That's stories over the years. That's tough to do to find a group of people that are all normal. So, yeah. You know, like again, you, maybe you there was not a, a true love connection yeah. or like, ooh, there's something there. But at least, you know, no one was crazy uh, yeah, they were or good people. otherwise. Yep. <laughs> and mm. so then maybe a month or two after that, I get a, a call from an old friend, someone who I have known since I've been out here in L.A. for you know 20 plus years. He was also from back east to New Jersey where I grew up and said, you know, I have a uh, I have someone that I think might be a good fit for you. And I said, tell me more. And he said, well, um, Glenn, his best friend from growing up, his wife, Sharon, has a friend that she used to work with mm -hmm. at the Family Channel uh, years ago. Would you consider it? And here are all our particulars. And I said, again, sure, why not? I have nothing to lose. And so he's like, let me talk to Sharon. I'll get back to you. Uh, in a couple of days, and we'll kind of go from there. And so, mm. basically, a couple of days went by, and I still have it. And I can probably show you guys somewhere on my phone, but I have the email that he sent saying, yeah. "Here are all the particulars of this Deb Kaplan Jacoby. Uh, would you be interested in here again? All of her, his, her information, and the one 21st century thing that he did say, and he's my age as well, was you know check her on Facebook, yeah. and, <laughs> and see if you like you know what you see, and if yeah. you do, that's how you can connect." You know, could probably connect with her, or I'll get her cell number. Yeah, and you said I'm still on MySpace. Does she have a page there? Yeah. <laughs> What's MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> Friendster. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and so then I called her, and that was uh, 2000. That was like again about a year after Michelle's passing, and it took a little while to get our first date under uh, you know scheduled because of our schedules. And again, she has kids. I have a kid. Um, you know, she had some other things that were going on in her life that she had to kind of figure out before we went on our first date and we went on our first date in March of 2015 uh, to make a very long story short um, I knew there was something there right away yeah. I didn't know if we were going to get married but I just knew that that it was very comfortable as I keep telling mm. Deb all the time and uh, by the next year I said you know what I think this is going to be another thankfully a, a permanent union yeah. uh, this mm. is going to be my this is my next chapter wow and, mm. sorry Wow. That's amazing, Great. man. First, Congrats. I want to I want to commend Great. you. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. I want to commend you and acknowledge you for having the courage to come share that story. Mm. That is amazing and uh, I'm blown away. Um I'm just blown away at how sincere you are, how and you can see the optimism in your face when you tell the story, even something as tragic as that. Can I ask you how long you were married to Michelle? Uh, we would have been married seventeen, almost seventeen years. Before um, she amazing. Passed. So yeah. I, I want and together twenty one. We, had, I mean, we had moved to LA pretty much the same time for different reasons. We mm. met soon thereafter, and we'd been together ever since. So mm. it was you know a long good time. I want to make I don't want to think yeah. long is bad. Yeah. Right.
I want. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I just want to pay homage to Michelle and to to that. To being married 17 years together, 21 is amazing. I'm currently married just over two years. I can't imagine finding out something that that my wife has something a cancer or an illness that could possibly be terminal. I cannot even begin to imagine what that must feel like. So I just want to applaud you for the courage to to tell us that story, share that story, and for our listeners, and also to do it with a a smile on your face in a way that you look back at your entire time with her with joy. Well, it was a great mm-hmm. life that we had, and unfortunately it was cut way shorter than we mm-hmm. both thought. And and I think of our daughter, you know, who didn't have her, you know, was only going to have memories of her mother from her, you know, from 10 years old and younger, which right. that's not fair either. But again, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm a very optimistic person by nature, so mm-hmm. I just know that I had to do something uh, <clears throat> to make it, you know, keep her memory alive and to also know that, you know, I have to move forward. You yeah, know, right. I'm still young, even though I like to say, you know, earlier yeah. that, that big milestones coming right. up. I'm still sure. young. I, I will say I, I, from a first uh, hand uh, point, I, I know your story in the sense of uh, my brother went through a very similar thing. Um, he got married uh, right after college with the love of his life. They were married for a long time. And um, she, uh, they had two small, two young girls and she was pregnant with uh, twin boys, and she uh, something happened. She suddenly, within a, a day, um, passed away. And he was left with the same type of situation um, where he had to find his, find, you know, how to move on. And I think it's something when you have kids, you know, because it, it's in our nature to want to just give up at that point. But when you have a child, I think it's, you know, something that keeps you going. And that's what kept him going. And I just want to say, I'm not going to get into all that, but what I, what I will say is, he too um, found love again and remarried, and and I recognize your happiness uh, from from the same happiness that he has. So I just want to say, uh, like Brooke said, I want to say thank you for you know sharing the story and stuff. But I want to I want to congratulate you on on having that that look and having that happiness and, and finding it again because I think it's important for you mm. and for your daughter. So thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Great. There's so much in there. There's so much value <laughs> in there. I want to ask you one particular question. You had the conversation with the lady after the TV show. What was the lady's name? Do you remember that gave you the advice? Oh, I don't actually. She was a, like a family therapist, basically. Okay, so that moment when she said to you that, um, what was what was the exact comment? She- uh, just that don't let anybody decide when you're ready to start dating it, because that was the whole mm. topic of her being on this talk show. Yeah, again, not with me involved on the talk show. But just, you know, privately it said, you know, just don't because, you know, I unfortunately I have about four or five other guy friends all in my age group that had lost their wives in my community. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, they all started dating at different times. Some dated right away. You know, you could either say that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, d- waited a lot longer. So it's, it's, it, until you're in that situation, you really don't know what you're going to do. So how long mm-hmm. after your, your, after Michelle's passing was that when you had this conversation? Just about a, just shy of a year. Just shy of a year. Mm-hmm. So until that point, you sort of had, you'd been a father to Jillian, but you hadn't thought about dating again or didn't uh, no, want I, to. I think or... I, I did, but very superficially, just like, you know, I'm young. I'm at that time. I was 44, 45 years old. You know, you I, have a lot have, of life. I, I need yeah. I have a whole lot of life <laughs> yeah. to live ahead or, you know, I need to live my life. Uh, and I would like it someone by my side, like I was hoping originally was mm-hmm. be with Michelle. But obviously we can't change the change the past. So how did you said that comment hit you immensely? Mm-hmm. So what switched within you? And, and I'm asking this because I'm sure a lot of our listeners 
or it's not a lot, but I, some of them have gone through this where they've loved and lost and maybe they're currently grieving. I'm sure everybody, I don't have experience on this, so guys don't take my advice on this, but um, <laughs> I'm sure everybody grieves differently. Yes, grieves a different extended yeah, period of no, time. I hate to say it, just like cancer, there's no one sure thing to cure, you know, treat it. The same thing, you know, everyone deals with it differently. And and for me, I just knew when the time was right that I would, you know, start dating again. Um, to hearing, like I said, what that therapist on that talk show had said to me about, you know, not, you know, letting anybody else make decisions for you. Again, I just turned it on its head, not because I think she was trying to say like. You can wait. Like if you wait yeah. three years, four years, that's okay. But for me, it was just a weird uh, feeling of turning it upside down, saying, you know, <laughs> Michelle's not coming home. It's not like, you know, we got divorced and she's at her parents' house in New York and I'm praying that she'll come home to me and Jillian. Uh, yeah. Again, I know where she is and that's where, you know, she'll be for eternity. Did, yeah. did you feel any pressure from your friends or your peer group or society in general about when that time was right to date or to start doing you would, that? You would think I mean, that. Not given you. Also, I had that same issue like when we first you know, got engaged. When's the wedding? And again, first right. marriage also, not just the, the our recent wedding with Deb. Uh, when are you going to have a kid? So it's everyone wants to rush you. you know, I think that's why life goes so quickly. Uh, but that being said, no, actually everyone was pretty, pretty understanding. Because again, maybe the first year was like, you know, because also, you know, we in the Jewish faith, we, you know, uh, commemorate the year passing by, you know, unveiling the headstone of mm. the, the deceased. So that hadn't even happened yet. So I feel like that's like the magic milestone awesome. marker, yeah. literally, that says, you know, now it's been a year since the person has passed. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> How did Jillian feel? You said she was about 10. Mm -hmm. She'd have been 11 by well, the she time. Yeah, she would have been 11. Yeah. How did she feel when... Did you have a conversation like, hey, I'm ready to start dating again? We, we talked a little bit about it, um, but also I did not introduce her even to Deb when I kind of even knew that things were going well for at least a, like six months into yeah. the relationship at least. Did you and, tell her about her? Um, I think a little bit. I think I... I I mean, you know, my memory is fuzzy these days sometimes, but um, I think I kind of maybe just very in general terms that, you know, I always will love mommy, you right. know, that this, you know, unfortunately the situation has been presented to us, yeah. Yeah. not by choice. And I need to, you know, maybe find somebody, you know, to share my life with again, like mom. And yeah. so she was very, you know, I have a pretty amazing child or now children, but yeah. Jillian being my officially yeah. by blood, you Biological. know, it's pretty amazing. Biology, yeah. yeah. Um, it, she's pretty amazing overall. So she, I, it doesn't surprise me that she was very accepting and understanding what I was going through. Wow. It's funny how the the kids in, that, in, in situations like this, I have four uh, kids myself, it seems when, when we think we have to do everything for them, it's actually when they kind of turn and, and help take care of us as well. Mm. And it, it sounds like that's something that... Whether she knew it or not, she was kind of she was kind of doing with you. Yeah, I mean, we we've, I've always said also we we fed off each other. Like you know, again, it's the most horrible thing that anybody should deal with, and you know, no one in you know in this room or anywhere else should have to deal with the loss of someone at a you know a very young age, let alone you know uh, from a disease that you think you know they've had a handle on uh, for a long time. That being said, you know the fact that we were able to be positive about it and not let it paralyze us. Because I think that's what it does to a lot of people, which, you know, that's not good for you. That's not good mm. physically, mentally, all the above. And so the fact that we were able to 
somehow positively see, you know, and then, you know, and mommy would want us to, you know, bond together and see the world now, the two of us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, without her being there. And so let's do the best we can with the situation. Mm-hmm. So, so Mitch, so how do you do that currently with Jillian and uh, Deb? Like, do you bring back some of those memories? Do you have certain, you know, times during, you know, the year that you talk about Michelle or how do you, how do you relate that? I guess. Yeah, with, I mean, we, t- we talk about Michelle. Yeah. I mean, I also said to a lot of my friends, anybody who's going to be with me. And again, this is even before I met Deb, that's going to have to understand that Michelle was a big, like you said, 21 years, yeah. you know, in part of my life for so long that, you know, I, I can't just erase her. You know, it's not like sure. divorce where, you know, you could probably say, yeah, you could might ever want to race <laughs> that person. <laughs> I'll take a do that, over there. That horrible person <laughs> that I used to love and care for. But, you know, and again, she's Jillian's mom. I'm still obviously very close with her parents, her brother, his family. Why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't uh, I, you know, want to make sure that, you know, I bring her up. I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but on a basis that is comfortable for all of us, because, you know, there are a lot of great memories that I have that I want to, you know, either share with Deb or remind Jillian, remember we did this. And that's actually a good segue because um, I'm also part of an organization uh, called Family Lives On out of Philadelphia, Mm. uh, where they kind of take, um, uh, what do you call it? I guess a a make a wish on its head also by giving families that have lost a parent at a young age. Uh, the wonderful uh, tradition that a family had done when the family was quote unquote whole. And so they help keep a tradition alive, even if a mother or father has passed on. So for our case, um, we used to do a lot of trips to San Francisco. It was just, we love the city and we'd go for long weekends, go for the holidays. And so they help get us up to San Francisco once a year uh, and we do a fun weekend, just Jillian and myself, and we mm. do things that we had done as a family before, whether it's eating at a certain restaurant, whether it's eating Ghirardelli chocolate, whether it's you know going to Alcatraz, which is one of my favorite, uh, Love it. Jillian's yeah. favorite yeah. attractions in San Francisco. Mm. And so, so that, and, and so she, and Deb knows that that's something that Jillian and I do. We honor Michelle. Most of my friends and family know it's what we do every year and mm. we'll do it until Jillian turns 18. Can you can you mention that family lives on? Where yeah. can people in our community that are going through something like this find that? Because yeah, I think that's amazing. I'd never heard of that, but yeah, I think familylivesonorg basically. There it is. <laughs> and they have a great website, and you know they have families from mostly on the East Coast. We're trying to make a presence because they loved me so much. They asked to be be on be on the board of directors now. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but try to make some more inroads in other parts of the country, basically. Cool. And mm-hmm. it's a great organization because you know again I have actually another. F- father who you know their their tradition was disneyland every every you know every year and so the the organization helps him and his two daughters you know go to disneyland every year so that they can you know keep that tradition alive even with her their mom his wife first wife you know uh you know not not around ceased yeah yeah will you share a little bit because i obviously know your story yes will you share a little bit about michelle's parents because i find the the way they are to be so incredible was there a time when you and the kids and deb lived with them or am i getting that off you're you're mixing other things actually what's so amazing by our story which i know we're what you're alluding to so to speak is that we are extremely close with all four families um all four families were at our at our wedding Hmm. Um, so that includes my parents deb's parents uh 
Deb's, I guess, first in-laws. I don't say yeah. ex-in-laws, wow. but yeah, first in-laws. And Mich- because we're still very close with his whole side of the family. Mm. Wow. Um, and then, obviously, the my shit. first in-laws, yeah. Michelle's parents and her brother and his whole family. Uh, his, my sister-in-law and my two nephews. And so we actually lived with... <laughs> As I call it, uh, father-in-law adjacent, <laughs> because it's again Deb's first father-in-law from mm. her first marriage, who lives here in L.A., mm. and they had us at their house the first two weeks after the Woolsey fire, which ravaged Los Angeles wow. and Ventura counties, and we live in an area that was pretty hard hit. Uh, my street had ten homes before the fire. Now there are only three, and we wow. were one of the lucky three, Boy. so to wow. speak. That's. Uh, to some of, I mean, to me listening, that sounds, it's a story I haven't heard before, like that kind of connection and especially with in-laws or actually in-laws and whatever, but take all the labels away. It's people helping people really. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, again, it's amazing. I look at it as again, Michelle's parents will always be like Michelle being Jillian's mom will always be Jillian's grandparents. grandparents yeah. Jillian's aunt and uncle, her brother and my sister-in-law. Yeah. Likewise, you know, despite the divorce of Deb and her ex-husband, you know, we're really close with his family and there will always mm. be the grandparents of my bonus children. Is yeah. We don't we don't call ex or step in our house. Yeah. You right. know that they will basically, you know, always be Sarah and Josh, my two bonus children's uh, you know, grandparents, their aunt and uncle, you know, cousins, whatever. So it's important that that relationship continues. Yeah. I have a quick question for you. Yeah. So. You mentioned uh, towards the end before um, Michelle passed that that you had a conversation with her where she gave you her blessing, so to speak, that mm-hmm. she wanted you to be happy. What what was that conversation like? Did she initiate it? Were you did you feel compelled to tell her, no, I I I don't want to be with anyone but you, and out of fear, you know, like right, know on the one hand, she she's saying. I want this for you, right. and and, but do you feel a sense of guilt by saying, okay, I, I will heed your no, advice? I, I, or how does had, that... I still remember very vividly, and without trying not to get emotional, we had it in our kitchen in our old house. Uh, again, it was probably four or five months before she passed, so things were bad, but not really bad just yet. So she was still, you know, uh, kind of normal, so to speak. Um, and she brought it up because I think she felt like she knew this was not going to. She always felt like, even even though it was stage one all those years ago, that she knew that it would never, you know, never, uh, you know, end well. Even though we caught it early at the first at the first time, um, and so she, you know, had that conversation. I never thought of saying, you know, uh, you know, I'll never be with anybody but you. I said to her, "You're going to be great. You know, you're going to fight this." She was a fighter. Sure. She was a New Yorker. She was a lawyer. Like she had it every ounce in her body yeah, to, you know, fight this as she had fought for all those years before. Um, so it was never, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to get remarried. It was more like it, I'm not going to get remarried because you're going to be here. You yeah, know, right. that sure. sort of thing. But I'm thrilled, you know, thrilled, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but I'm very happy that we had that conversation. And I was just talking to a, another friend who knows my story that I've worked with for many years. And I said the same thing, like, God forbid anybody's in that situation, but you might want to have that conversation in the best of times, just because I think I still could have moved on. But having that conversation, it felt a lot better. I, I, think, I think when someone loves you deeply, like she loved you, right? she also knew that it was important for her to free you. Yes, and, absolutely. And that 
and for her to do that while she was still cognizant enough to have that conversation and to be emotionally there and not desperate, not in a desperate place to tell you things that you wouldn't necessarily believe in the desperate moment, but rather her tell you it in the, coming from a place of, of, uh, uh, from a healthier place. Right. You know well, what she I mean? Was- obviously a very smart woman. (laughs) I like smart women in my life. Um, But no, but it's true because she also, she probably had a grand plan. She never Mm -hmm. divulged with me, but that Mm -hmm. last year she was Mm -hmm. even making sure that Jillian and I did things just the Mm -hmm. two of us together Mm -hmm. because she wanted to make sure that, you know, our our new life would be, it would be okay. And also if she, if she, you know, she, she had that strength and, and, and let's not forget some people are much sicker than they seem to be. And a lot of people have great composure when they're ill and they're holding it in because they're trying not to show you how ill they are. So perhaps even in the kitchen at that time, she was much more ill than she was letting on. That's why she was having that conversation. She could feel things going wrong in her body. Oh, yeah. That she, she was very, you know, attuned. And exactly. And she was she was she was knowing knowing these things that we couldn't we couldn't see because they were masking them so well. You know, a lot of times people are ill and they're masking them really quite well. When I, when my mother was ill uh, with pancreatic cancer, she she didn't make it. Um, you know, she was she really masked it very well. You know, as long as she could. Well, you she know. doesn't want to you know upset exactly. her loved ones. Ex- exactly, but she 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 would have these conversations, and my father told me they would have these conversations about you know uh, you know when I go, I, there's no reason that you should be lonely. I don't want you to be lonely. Right. You know? Which and that's a lot of people, it's very you. hard, and and I get that. But at the same token, like I yes. said earlier, they're not coming home. So that's right. You know, there it's not. There's no chance of it changing. If I could, that's you right. know, get a magic wand and say, "Poof, you're back." You know, it's that's back right. to the old way. I would that's do right. it in a New York minute, as we say. But totally. obviously, that's not possible. Absolutely, and it's important. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they they take that upon themselves to to free you in that moment. They really take the, that out of love. They free you. Absolutely. You know? I've got a lot to think about because I, I had originally told my wife that if anything happened to me, under no circumstances am I to be replaced. <laughs> now, now I guess to rethink that, be, Dimitri. You could not be replaced. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> There's only one Dimitri. Well uh, brother, I want to thank you for sharing that. I want to get more into uh, progressing to now dating again with Deb yeah. and how that, the emotions and things you went through when that started. But first, we've got to take a quick break. But will you stick around with of a couple of minutes with us? Awesome. Of course. Thank you, brother. <laughs> budget we got these new tunes back from break and we have mitch messinger with us who has just told an exceptional story your life is amazing has been i i'm just absolutely blown away receiving your thoughts and comments and your story uh and looking around the room here all the guys were looking at each other in the eyes like wow mm-hmm. this is powerful this conversation that's going on so you loved mm-hmm. and lost Married for 17 years, together with 21, or for 21 with Michelle. You have Jillian. She's 10 years old when Michelle passes away. It takes you about a year, and then you have a conversation that sort of kickstarts you into, okay, I think I might be ready to start dating again. I have a lot of life ahead of me, and I want to live that happily. You've had a conversation with Michelle about this possibly coming in your life. Um, take us through that process now when you're ready to start 
dating. So you had a couple dates, and then your friend Glenn was it Glenn? No, Ira. But Glenn Ira. was his best friend. Okay. <laughs> and and you get connected. shout out to them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, I was connected through a friend with my wife, so I know what it's like to just owe that man everything for connecting right. me with the love of my life, uh, Teddy Sears. Teddy, shout out to you. Um, but what was it like? Take me through your process um, when you're like, okay, I, I'm going to go on a date with Deb. And then what does it start, what goes through your body and soul when you start to feel that there might be another romantic connection with a different soul than Michelle? It's hard to put into words. I just feel like, you know, you just knew, like there's just something came over me that, again, just felt very comfortable. Again, didn't know for sure that, you know, we'd have a future together. But just that first dinner at sushi uh, was just like, wow, like uh, I, I could be myself. I didn't have to, and mm. I, I'm not a type of person who, either likes to show off or be someone who I'm not. But at mm. the same token, I could just talk about anything. And, you know, and she seemed to like what I had to say and not have to, you know, again, show off to someone who I just met five minutes ago. Were right. you conflicted? Were you like, well, was there conflicted. any like, oh, well, Michelle? Yes. Like, like, what was there an internal struggle? Was well, there an anything- internal struggle in that, oh, shit, I have to now kind of, open myself up to somebody else of things that only Michelle might have known about me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Nothing too salacious, but, you know, but still. <laughs> Not you like know. Gavin here? Yeah. 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 Hey, Sorry, that's a whole other show. I didn't mean to drag you through the mud, What's going buddy? on right here? <laughs> but, you know, it was just something that I was like, oh, we have to kind of go through those motions again. And, you know, will she even care that I say something that I like or dislike or something that I, you know, happen at work or something happened with my parents or whatever. It's just stuff that was very comfortable, obviously being with Michelle for 21 years. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to do that all over again. Are you kidding me? Mm. You know, I was like, how did I deserve this? But mm. again, brush myself off, you know, physically and mentally and just said, got to do it. Now I tried to be, you know, mindful of what I was talking about, especially that first date. I didn't want to make it all about Michelle because that would not go very well. So I had to be mindful of that uh, conversation. Uh, But the same token, I did what I had to do to show who I was right off the bat. And I think I did pretty well. (laughs) Question for you. You've touched on it. You've mentioned it a couple times. And on this show, we always try and give our listeners tangible things to apply to positively impact their life. And you've said, brush myself off mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that with any specifics for anybody mm-hmm. listening that's maybe going through just this? Just know you need to move forward. You know, it's just the the action of moving forward. Yes, you had a horrible thing happen to you. You know, you can't imagine your life without X person, in my case, Michelle, but you need to, to move on and you need mm-hmm. not forget, but you need to move on. Mm-hmm. And brushing yourself off is like being... I want to say dirty because that connotates a negative uh, connotation, but you know, just kind of just be able to know that I need to find love again, and I need to do everything I can to be in a positive space as opposed mm-hmm. to a negative space. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mitch, I think uh, Brooks meant when with the physical question, he wanted to know: Do you do box jumps? Because he's yeah. <laughs> looking for a few. Uh, what what I was your workout regimen? As he is, so uh, that's I'm really not, all he's the wrong person on that front, <laughs> <laughs> guy. <laughs> 
you know, but and and even just having I just, what popped in my head. I just also remember one of my other good, very close friends, and I still also have it in my phone. Uh, a call he left, uh, or a voicemail message of knowing he knew that I was going on my first date, not with Deb, but this was when I went on my very very first date after mm. Michelle, and I still have it on my phone. Um, and he kind of gave me a pep talk, of saying, you know. We loved Michelle. You love Michelle. I love Michelle. You know, you need to, you know, you can do this basically mm. and giving me the, you know, the, you know, the let's do this mantra, uh, uh even awesome. though, you know, obviously it'd be very hard for me. It sounds like sure. you, you have such a, a great support system from family through friends. And I think, I think that's pretty great because I think a lot of us might think something like that, but the fact that your buddy called and left you that voicemail I think that's pretty cool, and I think that's it's nice that you're surrounded by those types of people because I think a lot of us may think nice things. Oh, you know, oh, my buddy's doing this, but when you have people, I think it's something we can all keep in mind. When you have people near you that that support you like that and and outwardly do it, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. And I, I think you obviously can attest to that. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know I've been very good to a lot of people, and you know I got it in return. You know, mm. I'm a good person at heart, mm. um, and so thankfully it was repaid to me mm. when I, in my time of need, basically. Mm. So things start going well with Deb. Yep. You're, you feel some sort of intrigue and connection on a greater level than any of the previous dates you've been on. Correct. Um, take us through the pace. If you, if you don't mind sharing, sure. but like, does it, did, were, was it all very, the details? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different show altogether too. <laughs> this is a family the pace, show. Like, how yeah. often were you working? G rated, maybe PG <laughs> yeah. at the most, not different not R X rated. What was sort of the tempo of the relationship? Were you hesitant to progress romantically and physically? Did you take it slow? Were you were you no? Like this is a new relationship. Were you right in? And, and I think I was right in, but it? with 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 some, you know, I won't say reservations. That's not the right word to use, but hesitancy. A little, not see that seems negative too. Yeah. Just take 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 your time. You know, yeah. be all in, but take your time. And yeah. Deb understood. You know, that was another thankfully a thing that I think helped us because um, mm. I didn't bring up the story earlier, but her mother-in-law, her our first mother-in-law, not my mom, uh, had actually passed away from cancer years ago. And so she was so close with her. And I think she understood seeing what her father-in-law had gone through, what I was go- had gone through and maybe would continue to go through for those first, you know, couple of years after Michelle passed away. So that I think helped her understand, you know, what I was going through. And if not that I like put the brakes on, oh, we shouldn't date right now or let's, you know, I'll, I'll call you in a month. I never did any of that because obviously there was definitely interest yeah. and I was like, ooh, this is again something good. Yeah. Um, it was just, just, you know, just let me, just let me beat to the, you know, the drum or the pace that I was okay with you just which wasn't of... that slow or that fast it was just kind of maybe a little bit slower than a normal courtship you know because again i had this story behind me we i think we just uh so you know mitch we found out a few weeks ago that brooks is into sucking toes so we he's <laughs> wow. trying to get at, at what is it day three that you but let's just move on brooks <laughs> this is a weird thing of yours let's move on okay i feel like there's you, a, i feel like there's a boxing match going on here like every once in a while ryan just comes out swinging at brooks he's just uh, mad that i have one more appendix than he has that's uh, all. <laughs> oh. um so i i i listening to you speak there i once had a friend uh, tell me that he prays for me. This is actually when my career ended, my hockey career ended, that he said he prays for me that 
I lift my anchor and let my boat go with the current. And I thought it was so profound. He's like, I pray for you that you just give up control and you lift your anchor and you go with the current with where life is supposed to take you. Was that sort of your mindset in this? It sounds, when you said that, it resonated with yeah. me that that was, I don't know where this is going. I don't know the tempo. I kind of don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm supposed to, I'm gravitating towards this relationship and I'm just moving mm-hmm. at the flow that feels comfortable. Yeah, I, I, that's very well said. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because again, I, I didn't know what the future would bring even Say it didn't work out with Deb, then I would have to find somebody else, you know, yeah. to date again or, you know, date somebody new. So however it goes, it will go, you know. At what point did you know? At what point were you like, yes, I'm in. This is my person. Probably I, about a year. A year? About a year. Yeah. Once again, knew the kids, you know, we again, we waited for all the kids to meet either me, her kids or Jillian meet my meet uh, Deb. Um, and so that was six, seven months into the relationship. And then, you know, a few more months and just making sure that, you know, maybe all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, then it was like, yeah, I think this is something again, something good. And I think it's going to be a permanent thing. And did that Mm. meeting with the, with the kids, did that go well from the start or were yeah actually it did we actually we had a little buffer because we had deb's first in-laws <laughs> with us <laughs> you said she used to work for abc family or when's this movie coming no it out? wasn't abc family back then it oh. was just the family channel back oh then. family channel sorry <laughs> yes, that's okay still they could still do the movie or they could yeah hey so i'm this is, I mean, all this for is, that this is fantastic yeah no but yeah so you know with with her father-in-law and now his new wife because again as i mentioned her father her mother-in-law had passed away years mm. ago um that you know it was buffer in that if it didn't go well with the kids then the kid at least her kids would have their grandparents there and likewise if you know uh, or likewise Jillian I was there so to speak even though obviously there was nobody else in our side of the family there and then if it went well then all the better and that was a great way, way to cement even my relationship or Jillian's relationship with her uh first in-laws did you ever have to fight the father-in-law over who gets to sleep on the couch no Okay, just wondering. <laughs> we have plenty of beds in our house. Damn, he's already on my couch. <laughs> I love the questions. Hey, Gramps, man, get up! <laughs> You're on my couch. Uh, hey, so Mitch, then, I, I have a quick yeah, question. Sure. Um, with all the family support that you have, and it sounds fantastic, and even the 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 co in laws or the the whatever you want to call adjacent them, in-laws. The, the adjacent in laws. Yes. Did you ever other seek any additional? Um, Therapy, advice, counsel, whatever you, um, no, I you mean, know, outside of that, even especially for your daughter. Yeah, you know, it's, and again, we just I just talked about this with a friend of mine who asked me the same question uh, who I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, luckily, we didn't. I mean, it was always in the back of my mind. It was always something that I knew, thankfully, I have the resources to do. Uh, but at the same token... I didn't feel like I needed it, even though yeah. my parents gave me a little bit of an intervention those first few months after Michelle passed away at dinner saying, you know, you mm. should really consider this. And I said, but I don't feel like I need to. If I feel like mm. I need to, absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah. not you know, ashamed or too, you know, not too uh, uh, scared to, to seek help because I had done that years ago when the earthquake uh, here in L.A. hit after I first moved to L.A. in 1994. So I'm not afraid of that, but mm. I felt like I didn't need it. And likewise, the sure. same for Jillian. She was thankfully very, you know, in a good space, so to speak. You know, yeah. she had her 
family, you know, me, she had her grandparents, her aunts and uncles, cousins, all of our friends who were like family. She, you know, is, has a lot of friends at school. She's an athlete. She has her, so, you know, had her softball team yeah. at that time. So mm-hmm. she was able to, you know, use other resources as almost therapy as opposed to going to a traditional sure. therapist. And I, I felt the same way for me. I have, mm. thankfully, a lot of friends. And, right. you know, they could, you know, I guess I have to send yeah, checks yeah, I think out it's in like the mail. Just, soon just because, having, mm. having people help you navigate through those tough times. Right. And I still talk to, to Jillian every once in a while. You know, do you need, you know, do you want to talk to somebody? And yeah. usually it's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but, Dad, I'll let you know if I am. Yeah. Mm. And maybe that may change in a few years. Or, Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, I, you know, some people have said, you know, Jillian might not really process this all until she's in her 20s. You know, right. But who knows? Right. You know, but right now, thankfully, she's in a really good space. She's an excellent student and athlete. And, you know, it was two years away from considering college, you know, or two years from her senior year of high school. So right. we're already talking about colleges. Yeah. Already. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's great. So how long into dating Deb did you get engaged? Uh, so our first date was March 25th, 2015. Uh, and I only remember that it's because again, it was in that the article <laughs> in the New York times. Uh, I knew Gavin's it was March. Taking notes over here. Yeah. On the, the, the <laughs> 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 you can learn a lot from this guy. Gavin. Again, <laughs> again, I've been hard on you. I just missed you. Uh, so <laughs> it's okay. Haven't you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. So, so March 20, so oh, about, let's see. Three years because we uh, got engaged March of 2018, okay. so just shy of three years. And then married uh, almost a little over a year after that, March of this this year. So yeah, four get, years from dating that first. Or did you that propose first on the anniversary of your first date? No, we did it. You missed I, your chance. Um, See, so you now you're taking but, lessons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know we, what you should. Same month. Same month. Same month. And actually, that's why we also got married in March. We, we like the number three. Yeah. Really, Deb likes the number three more than I do. Mm. Um, but I also appreciate the number three a lot. Mm. Um, and so we made sure that our first, you know, if our first uh, date was in March, then our engagement will be March and our wedding will be in March. Right. Mm. And how long have you been married now? Uh, five months and three days, something like hey, that. Hey, hey, there you go. Uh, your story is incredible, man. You're a man of grace and poise and composure and optimism, and you're just a guiding light for. It's been impressive for myself to hear and for certainly our community. Uh, for anybody going through, one, I want to ask you two things. Uh, first, where can people find you? Can people reach out to you? Do you engage with people going through a similar thing? Um, do you have like? Can people find you on social media, or or do you not want to share that? No, I mean, if people want to reach out, I feel like maybe reach out to you guys okay. and then <laughs> come through me. Okay. Just because, also, given my line of work, okay. I mean, I guess you sure. could probably find out where I work because okay. if you just Google it, so it's not too difficult. Men at iHeartRadio.com, you can reach out to us, and then we can connect you with yeah, Mitch. That's fine. Uh, and then, lastly, I'd love to give just open up to you to give anybody. Uh, just an open mic to to you to say to people listening that have maybe loved and lost, or uh, I just want you to have a whatever you want to share with people based on your experience, a lasting memory or a lasting thought that you think can really positively help the community. Just don't let uh, you know a horrible tragedy, no matter what it is, uh, paralyze you, and know that. You know, they there's uh, a good chance that you will find love again and just find the positivity uh, in it all. Uh, be an optimist and, uh, you know, think good things will happen to you eventually. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might take some time. Uh, luckily for me, it happened pretty quickly, but, you know, it, it will happen. And, and think that 
uh, on a regular basis. It will definitely help you in the long run. Amazing, mm-hmm. man. Amazing. What I, what I, I just met you as you, we did this podcast, but what I take from you is that I believe you put so much good out into the world that then goodness, greatness is, I try re- to. is returned <laughs> to you probably tenfold. Um, so thank you so much sure. for coming on, Mitch. My thank pleasure. you for sharing your great, courage, man. for sharing your story. Thank you very much. You are a hero, man. It's, it's, it's been a blessing having you in here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We'll be back from break. This is How Men Think, and I'm Brooks. And I just want to say that was powerful stuff from Mitch. That was... Man, it's... it's you know what? You, I think you said it best when you told him it was, he was an inspiration to see because, like I mentioned earlier, I do have a, a firsthand connection with something like that. And to see people, you know, be able to pick up and move on with their life, I think that's got to be the most difficult thing. And it, it was it was really nice to hear his story and see how he's rebounded from that tragedy. Yeah, and turned and turned it into a positive. I mean, you heard him say he's an optimist, so an eternal optimist. But I, I believe in in the course of a life, in anybody's life, there's three to four like real defining moments in your life and for him loss was one of them and that's a tragedy i wouldn't wish on anybody but how you respond to these certain moments in your life is going to dictate the quality of the rest of your life and i mean he could have went down a totally different path i'm sure some people do maybe turn to some sort of substance abuse or depression or blame or 100% anger or something but he turned that into a positive found another love is the happiest. Now, he walked in here with a huge smile, incredibly happy guy. What an inspirational story. 100%. And that's and what I hope from this, I mean, is that people listening, people that think are in a similar situation or, or anything and feel like I'm not going to find love, I, I'm not going to... It can happen, man. Even from the darkest moments, clearly, we've seen that you, you can find love again. You can find that, that partner or that support that you need in life. And I think the important thing is to hear things like this and know that that's... Mitch, what happened to Mitch can happen to anybody. And I think you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, just, wow. I just want to, I'm blown away. Sometimes we have amazing people come in here that just absolutely blow us away and make me just realize how grateful I am to be on this podcast. So we also have a question here from a listener on a very similar topic, almost the same topic. This is from Chelsea. And she wants to know about dating after a family loss. So she said, my sister passed away from breast cancer in April of 2018. I've found that while I would like to keep first dates light and fun, somehow it comes up and it's a total downer. She was a huge part of my life, so I feel like memories come up and I talk about her. So when, how do I bring this up on dates without ruining it? It's a great question. That is a great question. I think that's a, it's a, obviously a tough situation because she's trying to put on a game face for whoever that person is sitting across the table. But I mean, listen, you're in a, you're in a tough spot, Chelsea. You, you feel a certain way. And I think this is my opinion. I think you need to just kind of navigate that. Like, don't don't try and be something for somebody else right now. Be something, be what you need for yourself. And so, if someone will be sitting across that table or wherever it is you are on that date, and they'll understand and, and and they'll you know, and they'll talk to you about it. And they'll know that you're that you're hurting or that you've you're actually finding to feel good and talking about memories of your sister. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about this. And if if I'm Chelsea, right? So I'm on a first date. I'm Chelsea. What do you do on first dates? Usually you'll ask a person like, uh, do you have any siblings, right? That, that's a yeah, very common right. question on a first date. So she's now got to navigate that question almost on every first date. And you, 
what do you do? Do you talk about, I don't know if she has any other siblings alive, or do you mention also the one that's passed away? I don't see a downside of mentioning that you had a sister that, that passed away that you were super close with. If you do so in a positive light, like Mitch just sat here and talked about Michelle with a smile on his face the entire time, yeah. which kept us smiling, kept the mood up. So if if Chelsea were to talk about her sister, had my sister passed away last year of breast cancer, but she was awesome guy. I wish you could have had a chance to meet her. She was a light of my day kind of thing. Yeah. I think that then airs that topic, but it keeps the mood light. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. And the last thing you want to do when you're on a date is be something that you're not. So don't don't do don't try and be something for that other person. I think you're absolutely right. Remember your sister in happy times and speak about it that way. And and I think that's the way to go. I agree. Yeah. Wow, that was an awesome hour conversation. That was a topic that I had never given any mindset to. I've been very fortunate where I haven't lost anybody tragically or drastically. My family is healthy, and I'd never given any thought to what life after loss might be. So I learned a lot in this one. This was incredible. For sure. And it's like, you know, when you see what you're going to be talking about for for an hour, it isn't like we just said, even about Chelsea's story. It's not the most uplifting thing to think about talking. But when you get in and you and you have conversations like this, man, it, it can really be inspirational. Yeah. So I hope anybody out there that's loved and lost got some value from from today. Um, you can reach out to us if you want to get in touch with Mitch. Uh, but just know that th- there's a lot of life ahead of you. There's many more blessings coming in your life if you look at life as a place of opportunity. Uh, and as Mitch said, you get back in the game. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you all. Till next time, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of How Men Think. Hey guys, it's Brooks. And one last thing before we let you go. If you liked today's episode, we would love to get a five-star review from you on iTunes. And if you could possibly share it with a friend, that would be amazing as well. We always look forward to your questions, comments, or insights. So you can send us an email at men at iheartradio.com and also follow along with us on Instagram at How Men Think Podcast.